You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into this Q&A episode of The Pregnancy Podcast. You can visit PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash Q&A to find all of the past question and answer episodes or to submit a question for a future episode. Show notes for this episode can be found at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash Misoprostol, and that is spelled exactly like it sounds. It's M-I-S-O-P-R-O-S-T-O-L. Today's episode is sponsored by Aeroflow. Aeroflow is a company that helps you get a breast pump through your health insurance. There can be some hoops to jump through to get a breast pump through your insurance, but Aeroflow does all of this for you and they make it so easy. To get this started, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash breast pump. I'd also like to thank Zoller for their support of this episode. If you want to get an awesome prenatal vitamin at a big discount, Zoller was really generous and gave me a promo code to share with you so that you can save 25% off when you buy a month's supply on Amazon. A link to the vitamins with the promo code, which is prepod25, is in the show notes and on the resources page. This week, I am answering a question submitted from Lucy. She emailed me and said, Hey, Vanessa, thanks so much for your podcast. I read over your hospital copy of your birth plan, and I noticed that you bolded no Cytotec. Did you cover that medication in a previous podcast? I listened to every single podcast, and that medication did not ring a bell to me. Thanks. Lucy, thank you so much for your email. I can absolutely explain Cytotec or Mesoprostol for labor induction and give you the reasons why I personally chose to avoid it. I did cover all of the methods of inducing labor, along with the evidence, the pros, the cons, everything, in episode 20. And I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes if you haven't heard it, and you are considering an induction. Today's Q&A is going to go deeper into your options specifically for a prostaglandin and the medications that are available. Like Lucy mentioned, if you've seen my birth plans, you know that I make it very clear that I do not want to be given Cytotec. This was my personal preference, and my preference may not be right for you. If you have not seen my birth plan, and you would like to get a copy of that, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash birth plan and request a free copy via email. Prostaglandins are used to ripen your cervix, so it's going to cause your cervix to efface or thin. There are two basic types of prostaglandins, misoprostol, which is known under the brand name Cytotec in the United States, and dinoprostone, which goes by the trade names Cervidil and Prepidil. Misoprostol was originally approved as a medication to prevent ulcers. While it's commonly used for labor induction today, especially in the United States, it does not technically have approval from the FDA for this use. So in the U.S., the use of misoprostol to induce labor is off-label, meaning it's not technically approved for that use. 
and warnings about risks associated with its use for induction of labor are still on the label. When it's used to induce labor, it is very effective at causing uterine contractions and ripening the cervix. If you want to read information directly from the FDA, I'll put a link for you in the show notes on that. And a vaginal form of misoprostol is sold in the European Union under the names misodel or misodel. I could be butchering the pronunciation of that. If I am, I do apologize. But if you are in Europe, you may see it under those names. The other prostaglandin that's used to induce labor is dinoprostone, and this goes by the trade names Cervidil and Prepidil. This is really similar to misoprostol in that it also softens the cervix and causes uterine contractions, and the FDA does approve dinoprostone for labor induction. I'm not going to get specifically into details on this medication in this episode, but you can hear more about that on the episode on induction. Some risks associated with the use of prostaglandins include uterine hyperstimulation, which means it can overstimulate your uterus to contract too much, and side effects to you like nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and fever. When you're comparing the two prostaglandin options, misoprostol and dinoprostone, most studies show that misoprostol appears to show less oxytocin augmentation for labor. So in plain terms, that means that less people required synthetic oxytocin during their labor after they used misoprostol. The other outcomes of both the drugs like APGAR scores of newborns and C-section rates were all really similar. I do want to note that the findings in this study were based on pretty small-scale trials, and further studies assessing the effectiveness and the safety of misoprostol and dinoprostone in selected groups of patients are warranted, according to the researchers. And I'll put a link to that study in the show notes. There is some documented concern about the risks associated with misoprostol, or cytotech, that primarily revolves around hyperstimulating the uterus. Uterus hyperstimulation can decrease the oxygen going to your baby by temporarily reducing the blood flow during contractions. This does happen naturally in labor when you do have contractions, but it could be augmented with the use of this medication because your contractions are going to tend to be stronger and longer. Uterine hyperstimulation can also potentially make contractions more uncomfortable for this reason, because they can be stronger and may be prolonged. Some other risks that have been voiced about misoprostol include the risk of postpartum hemorrhage and the risk of uterine rupture. Ina May Gaskin, who is perhaps the most well-respected figure in midwifery, wrote a very strong and very emotional article against the use of misoprostol. I will link to it in the show notes if you're interested in hearing her thoughts. And I also wanted to include what the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists viewpoint is on this. They do approve using misoprostol to induce labor, but there is one caveat. They state that cervical ripening is the first component to labor induction. If the cervix is not sufficiently dilated, then drugs or mechanical cervical dilators should be used to ripen the cervix before labor is induced. Once the cervix is dilated, labor can be induced with oxytocin, 
membrane stripping, rupture of the amniotic membrane, or nipple stimulation. Misoprostol, a medication for peptic ulcers, is a commonly used off-label drug that both ripens the cervix and induces labor. The ACOG guidelines indicate that inducing labor with misoprostol should be avoided in women who have had even one prior cesarean delivery due to the possibility of uterine rupture, which can be catastrophic. So keep that in mind. If you have had a previous cesarean section, ACOG does not recommend that you use misoprostol in a subsequent pregnancy and birth. I'll put a link to the ACOG guidelines in the show notes, and I'm also going to link to their full practice bulletin on the induction of labor if you want to read more from ACOG. Lucy, I hope that you find this helpful, and this should at least help explain why I personally chose not to be given misoprostol. And you know, the whole point of this podcast is for you to be able to make decisions for yourself. Talk to your doctor or midwife about your induction options and about the risks and benefits of each option. Ultimately, you have to make the best informed decision for you and your baby, whatever that's going to be. Again, if you would like a copy of my birth plan, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash birth plan to request a copy via email. You can see any notes and resources for this episode at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash misoprostol, which is spelled M-I-S-O-P-R-O-S-T-O-L. I hope you are enjoying the weekly Q&A episodes, and if you have a question you would like me to answer, you can submit it at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash Q&A. You can find me on Twitter at PregPodcast, and I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under Pregnancy Podcast. If you haven't already signed up with Aeroflow to get a breast pump through your health insurance, what are you waiting for? Even though your insurance may not cover the pump until closer to your due date, you can cross this item off your list and get started with Aeroflow at any time during your pregnancy. To get started, it literally just takes a minute or two of you filling out a really quick form, and Aeroflow will get to work for you. To get this started, you can go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash breast pump. Don't forget to check out the great prenatal vitamin from Zoller. This vitamin meets every requirement that I have for high-quality prenatal, plus it has omega-3s and DHA. And when you buy a one-month supply on Amazon, which is the cheapest place to find them online, you can save 25% with the code PREPOD25. A link to the vitamins with the promo code is in the show notes and on the resources page of the website.